Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. All right, let's head out to the center of the sports universe. They're partying in Miami, Gino. Brandon Tobin, you can hear him middays on our Odyssey Sports sister station, WQAM in Miami. Joining us now a night, a day after uh, the Panthers have a memorable night, sending them back to the Stanley Cup final. And on a night where you could see the Heat get into the NBA finals. Brendan, what have the parties been like, bud? I mean, we are very good at partying down here, so you know it's just it's just a, it's it's just been another Thursday. But no, the the spirits are high down here. Uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy. You know, it's like every night has been a whirlwind. You're you know waiting for this like dream run. Like when is it gonna? When is there gonna be some adversity? When is there gonna be something that's uh, a little bit a little bit chilling and on edge? And it's just uh, you know the, the team success just continues to impress. And it's been uh, it's been incredible, man. It's been uh, such a wild ride, and you know these uh, the, the Panthers. Every one of these games has been a one was a one goal game, but their their comfort in the tightness of those games, what they were working for all year, and uh, the team advance last night was really really cool. Yeah, before we talk about the teams here, Brandon, can you clear something up for us? Because there was a quote from Brooks Kepka. He said he had to go watch the peas. Do they? Do you actually call the team the peas? Do people do, or, or is he is just Kepka, is he, tr- is he trying, trying too hard here? Is he trying to start something? Look, I have also been very confused by Brooks Kepka and the peas. We were very confused to learn all of Brooks Kepka's uh, hardcore Panthers fandom when he showed up uh, mocking uh, Aaron Ekblad, and we were very like we didn't know if they were buddies or what, and we found out like no, they weren't. Aaron Ekblad. Uh, he was just uh, didn't find it funny, and then Brooks Kepka. Uh, I guess they had some kind of apology, you know, off camera or whatever that happened. But uh, 
No, he does call. He calls them the peas. We don't. Most people just refer to them down here as the cats, like normal people. I I always thought the pan, uh, the penguins were the peas. I always thought that was uh, I thought that was their thing, but I've never referred to it. Our friends have never referred to it. Nobody calls them the peas. That's a Brooks Kepka special. So t- talk to us a little bit about the run that they're on because we forget. I think we have short-term memory loss. We forget how good this team was in the regular season last year. And we, as, as Sabres fans, look up at, at Florida one point ahead of us here, heading into the postseason, and wonder what would have been or what could have been if they found their way and into the postseason and ended their playoff drought. This has been a remarkable run, including eliminating one of the best regular season teams of all time, Brandon. Yeah, well, I mean, they they took this blockbuster trade after you know winning the President's Trophy last year. They go and they trade Jonathan Huberto, one of the best Panthers of all time, and and they get Matthew Kachuk, who's this you know twenty four year old wonder kid that Bill Zito is fawning over. You know, at his first press conference that I was at, you know, the kid, I mean, was oozing swagger and, and bravado, and you know, had already said that I, I now hate Tampa more than I hate Edmonton. So we were all loving that because we are sick of the Tampa Bay Lightning down here for sure. Um, but it was a struggle. The year was a struggle because instead of this year where they were scoring six goals a game and playing like crazy run-and-gun style, you know, Paul Maurice comes here. The hire was not really embraced. I mean, you have this guy who has been around forever, certainly has experience, but it wasn't like this uh, this, this coach I think everybody was dying for down here. People were pretty happy with what Burnett did, especially with, you know, taking over for Quinville in the middle of the last year. So, a lot of changes that were coming for a team that everybody was pretty happy with what they were growing into. They just had a humiliating exit in the playoffs the year beforehand. And, you know, there were times where you like, you kind of got what they were doing, but it, it really just took this incredible run at the end of the year to even make it in. And then on top of it, you have Sergei Bobrovsky once again, losing his job to a, a kind of unknown and Alex Lyon, who just kind of comes up, stands on his head, can't be stopped and ends up even starting the postseason. And then here we are now, and Bob is one of the big reasons that they are where they are right now because they switch him in there in the middle of the Bruins season. So, yeah, there was uh, this is this one is is pretty unexpected, even with as good as they were last year, just because of all the turbulence they had this year. Yeah, the Panthers were in this schmozzle of teams, like who's getting in? We were following it closely because the Sabres uh, were right in that. Sabres don't get in, the Panthers do, and we were following Florida very closely, and how much credit would you actually give to Matthew Tuchuk's father who goes on Toronto Sports Radio and lights a team under, uh, lights a fire under his team by calling them soft? I think that adds something, you know, I, I think that that stuff is definitely heard because, you know, he's he's around all the team. The Kachucks have uh, made themselves very at home down here in South Florida. Um, but I think that stuff was also just kind of out there. You know, I think that Matthew looked at a team and kind of came in here and, and took such a leadership role at such a young age early on because, you know, the captain's Alexander Barkov, who is tremendous. We all know that as talent, but like you, you know, have probably barely heard three words out of him in his career. He's very soft-spoken. He is almost like a hockey cyborg and just kind of goes about his business. And I think they needed somebody with a little bit of fire and bravado when things got tough. And so I think that just putting that stuff out there does help because I think you see the way that they play. They're full of a bunch of, uh, of gnarly dudes who do like to scrap up, put big hits on people. Um, and that just wasn't their identity last season, even with a lot of the same characters here. And I think that their alpha dog, you know, trickles down on everybody. It does. It does seem to have that effect. Brendan, uh, let's assume that it's Vegas in the final against Florida. Who has the advantage? 
And we were talking about this today, man. Like, you know, Vegas is playing so great right now, but I think you're hard-pressed to find any Cats fan that feels like they can't beat anybody. I mean, you're talking about a team that took out this historic Boston Bruins team, you know, steamrolled through the next two rounds, even with this round being tight. Like, and other coaches out here, and he was like, you know, it's not really a sweep. And we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, it was kind of a five-game sweep, if you think about it, with the overtimes. So, um, you know, I think right now, I think the Panthers are just in a confident spot where they don't feel like anybody can beat them right now because of how good their star is playing, three-game winners in this one, and how good, uh, unbelievably, Sergei Bobrovsky is playing right now and, and the way the defense is playing in front of them. So, um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a challenge for sure, um, but it is, it's one of those, I think, that the Panthers pr- feel pretty invincible right now. Brandon Tobin, WQAM, our guest here. Um, not the only thing going on in South Florida. Man, you, a lot of fun as uh, the Celtics looking to stay alive tonight. And how in the NBA, uh, when you have coaches that win coach of the year, hey, you're gone. Uh, hey, two years ago you won a championship. That's nice, Budenholzer, you're gone. How has Eric Spolstra just been able to kind of weather out? Certainly he's a great coach, but... There are a lot of great coaches that have been fired. Your thoughts on the job that Spolstra has done this year? Well, Spolstra's a maniac. Um, you know, I'll, I'll think. You know, I remember being at the second play. I remember being. I mean, I've go to basically every home game covering it for the station. But um, you know, being at that second one and seeing how it was going, and it was not going great in that Bulls game. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching that game. Pat Riley, uh, he has like this little pavilion that he sits in with Alonzo Mourning and Andy Ellisberg, the GM. Um, and you could just see the relief on Riley's face when they finally knew they were going to get in. And then Spo gets to the podium, and you could just see on his face, they're just happy that they got in. It could have been one of these things where this year was full of a lot of ups and downs. It didn't have more than a four-game win streak all season. Um, but he just wanted his crack. They just wanted a chance to get in and see what they could do. And they knew that I think that they, that he had a guy in Jimmy Butler who a lot like Matthew Kachuk and cause he's shown it in previous playoff runs feels like when he walks into the playoffs, he morphs into something special. And the thing is, is that the rest of the, the, the guys on this team, they also just follow that lead. And so Spo just looks at this with a with a place where he always tries to extend people's strengths. He tries to buoy up their confidence. He tries to do what he can in those spots. Um, and they lose Tyler Hero in, in game one, and, you know, that would look as a huge blow because the second-leading scorer on the team. But he always does this psychotic thing whenever they have one of these games where, like, a couple of guys are out. He always says, the quote, we have enough. And it's, it's like every Heat fan can recite it. They know he's going to say that. But I do really think there's something to he loves being in these places where he can kind of figure things out, figure out the Rubik's Cube. And he's had to take on three very different teams. And in a lot of ways, they've spun the strengths of the other team that they've faced in the Bucks, the Knicks, and the Celtics and flipped it all on the other team. You know, taking away the shooting from, from Boston, you know, taking out the, the effort edge plays, the rebounding from New York. Um, and, and being able to handle the, the, the size of the Bucks, even you know when it was Giannis and Brooks, and Brooks Lopez in there at the, uh, at the end. So, um, you know, one of his finest jobs for sure, but I think that he has said, like, he just wanted, he said this on the night of the play, he goes, give us our parachutes, we're ready to drop right in there to, to Milwaukee and do this. And they've taken this opportunity of, of competing against all these teams in the East, and they've, they've flourished. So, Brandon, what would you say to the person who says that by winning Game 4, Boston has actually made this a series? Do you think it ends tonight, or do you think this could go 6 or 7? I originally picked the Heat to win in 6. 
Um, but no, I mean, honestly, I haven't been very impressed with Boston in this series. I mean, I don't know why anybody is. I think it's one of these things where people are, you know, so cling, clinged on to like their thoughts of what the series should have been. Like we were all mocking the entire time ESPN, these analytics, they gave the heat a 3% chance to win the series in the first place, which was kind of weird because like the heat already dusted the, the title favorite in five games. You know, like everybody had Milwaukee as their team they thought was going to go to the finals. The Heat had just played the Boston Celtics to a seven-game series last year. Not a ton of the the names have changed. Like Tyler Hero was hurt in the series last year, too. So I think we all just kind of looked at it and said, you're overrating Boston tremendously, especially with how inconsistent they've been all playoffs. Even against the Hawks, couldn't close them out until six. Philly, I mean, it basically took meltdowns from their two stars to get there. So they get up to this three, this 3-0 lead. I'm watching the Boston Celtics quit in front of everybody. And it's like, okay, they got a game. You really think that this team is going to go and do something that no other team has done? What consistency has Boston done to give you any hope that that is the case? I'd love to know. I haven't, I haven't heard a good reason yet, other than people, I guess, just bored because the other series is done, so they're trying to do something <laughs> cute for TV. I really would love to know because – the Heat haven't looked like the Heat have looked like the far better team in this series, and I get it. You look at the back of the jersey, you see Tatum and Brown. You think they're going to play amazing. They haven't. Jason Tatum just scored his first fourth quarter points, so you think he's going to just do it four straight times? Skeptical. How big a task is it going to be though in the final? And I we've been laughing on our show like the Denver's a number one seed. Hey, opening weekend, you know, ten o'clock on a Sunday night Eastern Time TNT. Okay, and even the, they they sweep and there's LeBron stealing the headlines after. Like we've been just all kind of sleeping all along on Denver. Your thoughts on this Denver team and how big an underdog would Miami be in that series? I'm sure they'd be huge because they've been a big underdog in every series. Um you know, but again, you know, their confidence is going to go into that as sure through the roof, just like Denver's is. But, and it's funny, like their attitudes of both teams, like the disrespect Michael Malone harbors with a lot of that stuff is very, it's not, he's a lot more upfront with it than the heat are. The heat harbor a lot of stuff. They were just talking about after going up three other, he were like, yeah, we kind of wanted Boston to get a, a little bit of stuff. Like Spo talked about that. They never let that stuff out. They're always like, we don't care what you guys think. Um, but the thing that is tough, I mean, look, it's it, you don't get a great sense of it because you only get to see Denver twice a year. Sometimes guys are hurt. Um, but Denver, and especially Jokic, has really had the Heat's number in their, in, their, in their past matchups. Now, playoffs are different. You get Eric Spolstra to, to get to adjust to a guy. Their defense isn't nearly as stout as some of the teams that the Heat have faced already. But, I mean, they are an offensive juggernaut. That dude is a wizard. He is, you know, throwing balls up to the moon, and they seem to be landing through. Jamal Murray looks uh, back to his old self. Bruce Brown, who we're all fans of down here at the U, we know what kind of tenacity he can bring. Um, so Denver stacked, man. That's that, I honestly think that, yeah, that probably will be their, their toughest test in the playoffs after they, uh, they take care of business against Boston. Um, but – as you know, has kind of been the explanation, and a lot of even my co-host Leroy Horde gets kind of annoyed with me with saying it. It's like the heat of Jimmy Butler, and the way Jimmy Butler is, all he needs to do is get you four in a series, and somehow, some way, that guy's will has been just uh, he, he just finds even on a hobbled leg against New York has no lift, just finds ways to do enough and get enough, and and really seems to find a way to demoralize the other team. Um, that's what's been really impressive about him, and. 
you've seen that trickle down to Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin is scoring at a ridiculous rate right now. Um, you know, I'd say the one concern going into tonight is not having Gabe Vincent because Gabe has been awesome in this series. So they do need a big step up from Kyle Lowry. And, you know, with only having the one day off and being at his age, you're not quite sure how that's going to bounce back. But, you know, Bam is due, I think, for a bigger bounce back game. Um, you know, that was his biggest stinker probably since game two against the Knicks. And, um, you know, if, I think if Bam and Jimmy play to their capabilities, they'll seal this up tonight and then we'll have a hell of a showdown in the finals. Brandon, before we let you go, we have somebody from Miami on. we got to get uh, your take on what's going on with the Dolphins here this offseason, OTAs this week. And and maybe you can help unrelated and, and, and kind of uh, off off the script a little bit here. Maybe, maybe you can help settle a, a debate that we've had here, a conspiracy that we have here in the sports <laughs> bar. Did... Mike McDaniel, or did he not take a rip from a vape pen in the playoff game against the Bills? And and how did the Dolphins look so far this offseason? They, uh, much to my disappointment, the vape, uh, the vape rumors have been squashed. It was a pen, just really cold. Uh, But I mean, I understand. He definitely does. Look, if you listen to his press conferences, and you just get the looks at him. He looks like a guy who would vape on the sideline. <laughs> Not something, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a as a as a character witness, I could totally see why uh, why that's the case. But um, you know, it's been a it's been you know a pretty unassuming off season uh, after the Jalen Ramsey trade. I mean, like I think the thing that's awesome is that this is a team that had a bunch of big personalities last year. They have probably the biggest mouth in the league with Tyreek Hill on offense. Now they probably have the biggest mouth in the league on defense, and so. That makes for things uh, to be a lot of fun. Uh, Dolphin fans were very hyped to get Vic Fangio, which was like, you know, a, a saga that went on in the team for way longer than it was supposed to because then apparently everybody wanted Vic Fangio. Um, so a lot of those guys are talking about adjusting. I think that's the big thing is that they had a defense last year. They like a lot of the talent on their defense, but it was a bit of a letdown. And I think based on, like, the collective talent that they have there between Christian Wilkins, who I know you guys and Josh Allen love to death, um, and and uh, Xavier and Howard having a bounce back. I think that they feel like this defense should take a big-time leap this year and kind of catch up to the offense, which has not been the history of Dolphins football lately. Usually it's the, the offense is trying to keep up with the uh, the defense, but, you know, uh, the, the, the offense, they're all happy with it. You know, it's just the idea of, uh, of they get their second year, everybody gets a little bit more comfortable, and yeah, obviously the big question is, you know, is, is can Tua stay on the field? I don't know if you boys have heard. Taking jujitsu, mm. going swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many stripes he has on his white belt yet, but uh, supposedly that's uh, that's going in a in a big way for him to uh, adjust on his fall and all that stuff. And um, but I mean, everybody as far as when he was healthy last year, they were thrilled. I mean, the guy really balled out when he was on the field for the Dolphins and. It was night and day with what they were as a team. Look, I'll be the first to admit, if Tua was playing in that wild card game, maybe that goes differently and the, the, the Dolphins move on as a seven. But there is some common ground I think we can kind of agree on because <laughs> we talked to Mark Cannizzaro from the New York Post last week. He was up here for the golf tournament and like he covers the Jets. And just all um, the honeymoon going on right now with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are going to go to places that they've never been. Brandon, how do you think this is going to work out in New York? Terribly. It's the Jets. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I think we all know, like, you know, how many weeks until he's on like some ayahuasca spirit quest <laughs> in the middle of the season because things didn't go quite the way that they should have gone. You know how it's going to work out. It's the Jets. It's going to blow up in their face and they're going to finish in third place. You know, it's, it's like, that's, that's how it's, that's how it's going to end up. But, um, 
I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a, a fun year. And then look, honestly, the Dolphins, it's been funny. I've been, I've been kind of joking. I'm like, man, Mike McDaniel is at all these uh, events. He's at courtside at every Heat game. He banged the drum yesterday at the Panthers game. But in some way, he's got to be kind of looking at it like, damn, there's a lot of pressure on me because, you know, we made the playoffs last year, still looking for that first playoff win since 2000. And you've seen every other team in town, from the Miami Hurricanes hoops team to the Heat to the Panthers, go all the way to the uh, the final stages of a championship. And uh, look, guys, I mean, this is the heritage team down here. They want the Dolphins to have this kind of success. Um, they haven't. And so I do feel like Mike McDaniel having all this star power and all these expectations, I do feel like he's got a lot of pressure on him going into this year. Brandon, great stuff as always. Love having you on with us to let us know what's going down there in South Florida and let our audience know where they can hear more of you inside the Odyssey app. Yeah, just look us up, Tobin and Leroy, or on the WQAM channel. You guys can check us out there at WQAM. Uh, we stream live on video every day, too, on uh, WQAM's YouTube page and Twitch page. Uh, Miami 560 WQAM is the channel there from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. live, and then everything's available on demand whenever. Now, we'll be living vicariously. Uh, good luck with one, maybe two parades you'll be having here. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I can hear the sincerity in your voice. Thank you. <laughs> Rough Thank life. You. Brandon Tubman, appreciate it, man. All right, take care, guys. Yeah, there he is. You can hear him middays, QAM, WQAM in Miami. Brennan Tobin joining us here in the sports bar. We're jealous. We're just so insanely jealous. I'd be okay with the Heat winning, right? I think we like Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy Butler. They're not winning, though. Denver's going to take him apart. Yeah. I want to immediately say yes, because Denver's roster is deep, and, and they just look great. But playoff Jimmy. Right. Playoff Jimmy. Florida's going to have a problem, too, I think. Although Bobrovsky could be the equalizer. Could, could be the thing that pushes, that gives Florida a little bit of an edge. Hot goaltending always wins the day in the Stanley Cup playoff. Great stuff from Brennan Tobin. Really appreciate him giving us some of his time. Uh, happy Hour is next in the sports bar. We'll, we'll sprinkle in some appetizers from the NFL. A couple of news uh, headlines to get to as well. Uh, a round of shots coming up, and you can pull up a stool and join us anytime. 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. Stay in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.